0: This is Bee's Pod and this is High Five. Hi everyone, this is Mem. I know you haven't heard from us for a long time through lockdown. Ian's a teacher and he's had to work all the way through this and I've got two young kids and had to work at the same time uh, and tried to homeschool one of my kids. But the void has been filled perfectly by Trevor and downhill second half's brilliant interviews with XB's legends. So for today, we've got Trevor's interview with Gary Phillips, who I've interviewed in the past and he's an absolutely top, top bloke. He's got some great stories. This is gonna be a two-parter and then it'll be followed this week by another two interviews that Trevor's done. And hopefully, when we get closer to the game in the playoffs, we'll have a preview show for you and hopefully we'll get it up because there is currently a B-Sides album worth of, well it's a box set now, of Beast Pod episodes which have just been sitting in limbo. So we will try and get some of these out. Uh, we've got a team of the decade which is still sitting there uh, that, need, that we are trying to get the sound quality working. So bear with us and I hope you enjoy this. And we'll be—you'll be hearing a lot more of us uh, leading up to when Barnet restarts the season. Take care.
1: Thanks very much for um, taking the time this afternoon, Gary, to sit down with us and um, go through your wonderful career. Six pages worth of notes. Um, <laughs> so you know, a bit like Martin, we could be here for a while. Um,
2: good, good,
1: good. I've obviously got quite a few questions and stuff from 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 the message board from people on Twitter. Um, a couple of um, your ex-teammates as well have provided um, a couple of questions mm. as well. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see about, about that. that. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever uh, they are, I've got more on them than they got <laughs> on me.
2: Put it I'm note,
1: sure so. you have. Yeah. Um, right, we're we'll, we'll sort of head right right back to the very beginning um, of your career. Um, you started as a centre-forward at the age of 13 <laughs> and then moved on to a goalkeeper. Why would you do that? Why? I think
2: it was all that running around, Trev, I couldn't do do that. Um no, to be honest, it, it was um it's a strange one. I mean I've always I always wanted to be a centre forward, uh, love scoring goals, yeah. you know, thought I was the best day ever. Um, amazingly I just I went in, in goal at school once, um and it just it just clicked. I think you either are or you ain't. Simple as as a goalkeeper, it's a kind of a natural thing and and I just fell in love with it and, and that was it. I was stuck there. Um and
1: as I say, the story,
2: uh, story moves on from there. But yeah, it was yeah. just it was a bit of a fluke, and um, yeah. and it, and it stuck. And as I say, it worked very well for me.
1: And then also you had a, a little bit of a quick taste of things at Watford before you moved on to uh, Southampton. The year after I was born, yeah, two years. <laughs> Thanks. Of, I know, <laughs> yeah, just to, just to show your age. Uh, yeah, cheers. <laughs> you yeah. had a couple of years as a as a schoolboy, and then pit stop at Calfont, um, and then non-contract at, at Brighton. How did that kind of work as a non-contract sort of thing? Because um, you don't see so much of it these days.
2: No, it was back then you were even an apprentice or a, a pro. There was no sort of in-between. So I was about 17 at the time, just coming up. Yeah. Um, so it was like a it was like a continuous trial, to be honest, as much as anything else. I thoroughly enjoyed it down there. So it was, it was a lovely part of the world and there was some great players there at the time. Mark Lawrenson was actually playing at the time for, for Brighton. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Maybank, people like that, the there old, there the older ones. ones. Yeah, Pete Ward was there. Um, obviously, Eric Steele was a goalkeeper. And now, that's and, and and over the years, I've always uh, kept in touch with Eric. He's he's been, uh, you know, he's been terrific. What he does, and then it just didn't offer me a contract. And just strangely enough, as I come back home, um, as I say, I was playing at uh, Chalfont St Peter, and and West Brom uh, come in for me and offered me a pro deal. Which I, which I was never going to turn down. Um, I, I'd been on trial at a lot of clubs, Birmingham City. Um, the, the one I always wanted to play for was the Arsenal and uh, there was always talk that, oh, I might go there. And it never quite happened, which yeah. was a shame. Um, mm-hmm. So when the opportunity came to come up to move to West Bromwich Albion, it was a no-brainer. I mean, the, pe- the people that were playing there at the time, it was the, um, you know, Laurie Cunningham, it was yeah. Robson, uh, you know, Right. We oh, Cyril Regis. I mean, Cyril looked after me fantastically when I was up there. Derek Statham. Uh, you know, Tony Godden in gold. It was, as uh, like I said, Brendan Batson earlier. It was, it was just full of superstars and um, some terrific players. And they uh, knew how to party as well, with them boys? They were very, very good at that. And um, it was, it was an eye opener for me. It was a fantastic experience. Unfortunately, I, I played reserve team football, which back in the day was. Um, Used to play at home on a Saturday, two, two o'clock kickoff, strangely yeah. enough. Um, yeah. You used to get five, six, seven thousand people coming watching the reserves because it was proper reserves. Uh, you know, and you were lucky enough to go and play in the Central League, which comprised of Man United, Man City, you know, Sunderland, all these places, Newcastle. And you played at the main grounds. And, and occasionally, you know, I, I played against Manchester United and Martin Bucken. People might know Martin Bucken, he was playing for him. Liverpool, David Fairclough and Sammy Lee, you know, these sort of players that you were playing against on a Saturday afternoon in front of lots and lots of people. So it was a fantastic experience for me. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't make the first team, uh, but uh, Barry Fry and uh, Ron Atkinson having a little bit of a relationship, that's where it uh, kicked my time off at Barnet eventually. And
1: just before we get to Barnet as well, you, you worked as part of the ground staff at West Brom.
2: As well, no, 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 it wasn't at West Brom. No, no, uh, that was a barnet actually. That was, um, all ah, right, th- that comes a-, a slightly bit later. I was, I was doing uh, gardening, yeah. And uh, my dad had a pub in St. Albans as well, so I always used to go and work in there sometimes and do gardening and that in between landscaping. So, uh, but no, no, I wasn't on the ground staff at, at West Brom, I was a, a young pro. Can't trust um, Wikipedia, can you? No, 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 no. I don't that. <laughs> that. That did come later, but uh, but no, it was I was I was lucky enough, as I say, to be a, a full time pro up there. And um, as I say, I've, I've got a few friends that I still keep in contact with, uh, especially Mark Grew, who was one of the goalkeepers. Yeah, went so, on yeah. To do very well More, for himself. Guy, uh, in the
1: end, wasn't yeah, yeah, was yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, but
2: he played for a lot of clubs. Ipswich, yeah. Leicester there and a few others, and you know, we we still we're still very good friends and stay in touch. So uh, yeah, as I say, great experience. Uh, really. Disappointing. I never quite uh, made it at that level, but uh, as I say, he stood being in good stead, that one.
1: Good. And then 1981 is when the love affair with Barnett started. Um, as you said, a little bit of a love in with Ron Atkinson and, and mm. Barry Fry. How did the move come about?
2: It was quite strange because um, we played a, a testimonial uh, for probably Barry's 38th testimonial, I think, while he was there, something like that. But um, I was playing for... <laughs> I was playing for West Brom against um, uh, Barney in a midweek game uh, and we took down a very strong side. As I say, people like Brian Robson and Sil Regis and all of that. And I played in goal. Um, and I think it was probably around the November time, if I remember, something like that, October, November. Um, obviously, Barry had spoke to, to Ron. Um, my contract was not going to be renewed the following season. So, over the Christmas period... Ron uh, well, Atkinson pulled me in and said look they're not going to be offering me anything but there's an opportunity for you to go and play some, some decent level football it, it wasn't obviously far from home being St Albans yeah. sort of 15 minutes mm-hmm. up the road uh, when my dad had the pub at the time and it was it was really one of them it, I was obviously very very disappointed to be leaving but the opportunity to go and play senior men's football was, was, was too much to turn down and uh, you know, at the time it was a great opportunity for me and, and, and I took it in I think it was a January I think I ended up um, signing for Barnet. Uh, and it was, it was, a, yeah, it was terrific. As I say, look, it was a big step for me as well, playing pro football to go non-league football, which was obviously part-time, um, w- w- was a bit of a wrench. But, you know, as I say, in the in the long run, I saw it as a as a fantastic stepping stone for me. Very
1: forward, yeah. Um, became an immediate fans' favourite. People took to you straight away. Twice player of the year. Um, yeah. Why do you sort of think it is that, you know, it, you know, straight away, you know, coming out of the pro game into the non-league game for the first time, it just almost clicked. I
2: just, I don't know. We we were just a good fit, I guess. Um, it, you know, uh, back it back in in the early days, uh, the crowds were a little bit sparse as well. So you, <laughs> you, you kind of knew everybody anyway. Yeah. So uh, perhaps because I spoke to them, that's the reason I won Player of the Year. So I, was I spoke to them. <laughs> But, but you, you probably knew everybody by name. that there was, I would guess there was hundreds rather than thousands. Um, but again, it was, it was tough. It was tough. You know, as I say, they're, they're not forgiving down there. If you, if you, But I think if you're a person that, that shows that you're giving your, your, your best forum, trying your hardest, uh, I'd like to think that was a, sort of trait I've got, um, you know, I believe they take to you better. And as I say, maybe that was the reason why they took to me so early. But as I say, I, uh, I certainly had a good rapport with them.
1: And then uh, obviously, transfer listed and uh, off to the <laughs> fake beat um, <laughs> for £5,000. Um, obviously in that as well, you got an appearance at the old Wembley as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: was that yeah, fake yeah. trophy? No. It was the very first one actually to be played at Wembley, 1985. Um, I have to say, I I wasn't very good that day, nor were <laughs> we. I mean, we 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 had a hell of a side. Uh, we had, you know, our, our midfield was uh, Chris Kamara and Terry Urlock, that's two to the sure. middle yeah. uh, pairing, you know. Yeah, and you know that that ain't, that ain't bad. We no. played a Wigan side that day uh, who, who thoroughly deserved to beat us three-one. But um, looking back on it. We went to uh, Corfu the week and a half before the final, um, which in hindsight was probably not a great thing to do. Uh, We had a fantastic tan at Wembley. We looked like nuts, I have to tell you. We we looked great in our kit, wonderful tans. um, But I think we probably uh, not prepared in the right way um, by going there beforehand. We should have seen it afterwards. We were red hot favourites. I think in our own minds we, we probably thought we were going to win it which yeah. was a really poor attitude um, and when we did get thoroughly well beaten 3-1 uh, and deservedly so on the day I think we were all very very disappointed in ourselves and the way we had uh, you know dealt with that but look what an opportunity to play at the old stadium we had I think it's forty forty 40 plus fouls in there which was again a, a oh, terrific yeah. uh, terrific thing you know great for your families and great for people to come and see you but it's, uh, it's been, always been an itching disappointment in, in me thinking, uh, you know, I think I let myself down, and, and we as a team definitely let ourselves down that day. Um, but look, you know, in the history books, I played at Wembley. And, uh,
1: yeah, exactly,
2: yeah. No one can play that way, for you? I oh, no, listen, I, I tell people on a regular basis when they give me a little bit of grief at work and that, so I went, put your Wembley appearances on the table.
1: <laughs>
2: Even that word, a very good one.
1: So, obviously, having played at the old Wembley, I've been myself. Obviously, I've been to the new Wembley as well. What do you think mm. of the experience at the new Wembley compared to how it was, you know, with the old the Twin Towers and everything that, you know, every every kid dreamed of wanting to play yeah. there?
2: Uh, listen, the, the stadium, I mean, I've had, <laughs> you, you find this very strange. I've only actually watched one game at the new Wembley, and that was uh, when Palace played Man United four years ago in the FA Cup final. Right. Um, and we were right up in the rafters. But I've been to a, a few... Um, sort of do's and that there. I have to say, it it looks stunning and it is a terrific stadium. Um, You know, the old one, again, we look about rose-tinted glasses and it it was a fantastic old stadium, but it was an old stadium. And, uh, you know, the the terracing, when you look at it now, it goes, God, dear me, that does look old and dated. Um, But there's still, you know, I think we spoke earlier about old grounds. It's still something a little bit special about the old ones. I mean, again, we were sitting on a bus a few weeks ago, when there was some football coming back from an under-23s game. Um, myself, Richard Shorey, was um, manager of the 23s at the time. And we were talking about all the all the old grounds that we've played at and all the new ones now. And we went through it and there were so many we played at. And I'd not played at hardly any of the new grounds. And that was yeah. like strange places like, you know, Roker Park at Sunderland, which was fantastic. Pride Park, uh, baseball ground, beg your pardon, at Derby. Um yeah. We Springfield Road. Oh yeah, my God! Yeah. There was Darlington places like that. All these, all these old grounds, and uh, I was lucky enough to 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 have played on Stoke City places like that. And now I've been to a lot of the new ones through, obviously, um, you know, being a coach. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah. they are stunning. I have to tell you, the changing rooms, things, everything's stunning. But I, I said this earlier on. I just find Maybe a little bit soulless and, and that sounds really crass because the, the facilities that you get and the, you know, the hospitality and, 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 and all the, the, the stuff that fans have wanted and they do get now uh, is provided for them. So I have to say they are they are stunning places. But again, being an old fart at times, I, uh, I, I kind of reminisce about some of the old places. Only because I never got a chance to play at these new ones, I guess. But uh, <laughs> you know,
1: maybe that's me. And anyway, speaking of old grounds, Elm Park Reading was... Was your home for a little while, um, um, and then also you had a little spell back at Barnet yet again. You know, I say yet again, that's the second go mm. um, as a bit of cover for Steve Humphries and Andy Lomas. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that was a bit of a no-brainer just to go back for a few games to help to help Barry out. Yeah, it was. Um, Reading was a
2: strange one. I, I I'd got to move um, a reasonable amount of money, I think, from from Brentford to um, Reading. I didn't actually want to leave Brentford. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I had four years and played. I think it's about 175 games, something like that. So, you know, they had a reasonable career there. Uh, loved the people there. They were really good to me as well. Um, Steve Perryman took over manager after after Frank McClintock. And, you know, um, he brought Tony Parks in uh, from ex goalkeeper. Yes, terrific yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, so, my, my days were numbered. So, you know, the opportunity came come for me to go to Reading, who had uh, Steve Francis in goal at the time, next Chelsea yes, goalkeeper. Chelsea, yeah, played, yeah, yeah, he played in the uh, first team, I think, seven 17. So... Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got to Reading, you know, fought from a place, got in and played 34 games on the spin. And I think the deal was, if I played 35 games on the spin, uh, Brentford got more money and I got a, a, a couple of grand, which at yeah. the time is like massive. I never played a game. I played 34 and never played, <laughs> got dropped. So uh, <laughs> read into that what you will. Yeah. Um, and I went out on loan a couple of times. I went to uh, Hereford United a spell which was great actually I quite enjoyed that Um, Millwall for an end of season thing um, ended up going to Australia and and Penang which was wonderful Um, but then the opportunity I think Steve Lomas and uh, I'm not sure if if Andy was in Golden as well Andy Lomas uh, but I think him and Steve both were injured um, and they got a phone call and then you could go and play for a month somewhere just just to get games in so I mean Baz ran me up and uh, as you said, pretty much for no-brain. If I was going to start playing football, I, I was I was not really playing any football at all at that time. Um, and to come back home, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's <Yeah>. say, <laughs> it was uh, yeah, well, much of a wrench, I have to say. And uh, and again, thoroughly
1: enjoyed my, my, my short time there again. And then 1989, permanent re-signing for Barnet, catching up with Martin Allen on the amount of times she'd come back to the club. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Um, and then obviously... Night
2: no, no, Knight's on a bungee boat though, isn't he? He's <laughs> a, he's a,
1: he's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, permanent speed dial, I think, is more, uh, is more mm. what he's on. Um, and then obviously sort of around that time was when I think Barry was... He, obviously, as I spoke to you earlier, slightly before my time supporting the club. Um, yeah. that, but I think it was around that time when players were getting into place for what happened, you know, two years later, you know, with promotion, um, you know, to the Football League. Um, yeah. So I think around that time was Lee Lee Payne there before he we went to Newcastle. Around that time, eighty nine. Yeah,
2: Lee 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 was at Reading for a little spell with me as well. Um, he was on loan from Newcastle down there. Uh, but yes, uh, I mean again, a little strange. Around about the Christmas time again, which was strange because um, um, the manager at at uh, Reading at the time um, just told me that, that you're not in his. I'm not in his plans. You know, um, you've got an opportunity. Barney have uh, shown an interest in you. They've they pumped up some money. They're they're quite happy to buy you. Would you go back? And I have to say, it took me a little while, Trev, because um, they, they were still part time, and I've gone back into yeah. the full time game. And I'm, you know, so it, it was it was going to be a, you know, a big decision for me. I I could have moved up north, um, but obviously I I'd, I'd literally just had my first daughter while we was in Reading. Yeah. So we'd settled in St Albans again. Um. I Used to drive down the Reading each day, which is a bit of a slap, I have to say. But um, it was it was really family reasons that I took it in the end. And obviously, look, the club had turned a damn sight more professional. There was, although it was part time, there was there was more training. Um, this is where I, I did end up doing the ground staff, as you said before, oh, because yeah. to, 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 to stay full time. Uh, Baz offered me, you know, would you, if you help out with, the, with looking after the ground, making sure it's fit for Saturdays, etc. and then training, it became become a full-time job for me. So that's what swung it really in the end. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And then that was, uh, again, the start of uh,
1: the new Barnet adventure.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, Reckless has just yeah. provided me with Gary made his debut at Bath City on the 20th of oh. January, 1981. Mm. Barnet lost 5-1 in front of 547 spectators. Hardly an auspicious start, he says. (laughs) With um, yourself, Jimi Hendrix, Steve Boody, Steve Robinson, Kevin Millett, Russell Townsend, Steve Brinkman, Gary Sargent, Gary French, Martin Sperrin and Colin Barnes, Gary Hughes as a substitute. I don't
2: remember Jimi Hendrix playing. I don't think he was playing there at the
1: time, (laughs) was (laughs) he? Maybe that.
2: Maybe that's one <laughs> of five goals, and he's too Yeah, I think yeah. i well, Steve Hendrick, something like that. I'm not just yeah. Jimmy, but uh, yeah, I, I, I I'd, I'd like to say I remember it, but I chose not to. Um, I have to say I, I remember coming home because it, it was a Tuesday evening, I think, if I remember. It was a, and it wasn't, as I say, a, a very auspicious start. And I went back to me, um, as I say, I was staying at the pub, I think, at the time in in the in St. Albans of Duke of Malborough, yeah. I went with my dad. I went. Oh God, what have I done here? It was. It was. It was almost one of them moments. Have I made the right decision? Uh, but look, as I say, look. It, for me, we struggled. We, we we always struggled the first year or two. That was um, that was a side that, and that was a tough league because I think it was called the Alliance Premier League when we first started, which then merged into the Gold League. Probably, if yeah.
1: I'm correct. And then became
2: Vauxhall um, Conference. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So look, it was it was a tough league then. You used to go to places, you know, Barrow and Finesse and uh, oh God, where's your Frickly Colliery? Oh my yeah. god, you know, some of these places and some of them fellas you were playing against like yeah. Dorman, Dorman were really scared of them. They were uh, there was it was it was a proper growing up period for me. Um, the football was tough. We weren't great, I have to say, but we had a great bunch of lads there. You've just reeled off Excuse me, some names that I'd all written down, you know, yeah. earlier on. People like Steve Foodie you mentioned. I'll never forget him. We played in the FA Cup and George Borg tackled him. And I think it's before we played Brighton, so it had been about 82. So yeah. probably Enfield at home and we beat him in the uh, FA Cup. And Steve Foodie went in for a tackle. George Borg two-footed him and actually broke a stud off in his leg. And, he's, and he still had the stud in his leg and played. And I, I don't think I ever had a conversation with Steve Foodie in the two and a half years he was there. He never said a word. He just come in, he used to wear a leather jacket like a bike, and I don't even think he had a bike. Um, Just (laughs) change play, kick everybody off the park, go home. It was Russell Townsend, another good character. Um, You said about, you know, some of the other, Gary Sargent, scored one of the best goals in FA Cup, I think, history, down at Brighton in the replay. Um, You know, Colin Barnes we had up front, terrific centre forward, who could play Gary French. Who um, I met in Australia a few years ago. He's coaching out in Australia now. Played for Cambridge City. So you know the names you've reeled off to me. They 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 still Steve Robinson and that as well. The centre halves and yeah. Kevin Millett, yeah. of course. Um, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, perhaps come to Kevin a bit later on. But uh, great lads. Oh, listen, it was there was some nutters there. Oh, Stevie Brinkman, what a footballer. Uh, but an absolute fruitcake, and
0: uh, you know, it used to
2: have to be on your toes with them, boys, as well. So it was a it was a growing up period for me, um, but great memories. But as I say, as a team, we we did struggle quite quite uh, quite consistently.
1: I think around that time as well, that was a tough it was a tough league to get out of. Scarborough, obviously, the first team to to make promotion into the football league. Maidstone followed them. You had the teams coming out of the football league, the likes of the Darlingtons. Um, yeah. Altringham was strong, um, you yeah, know. It, very, it, it, yeah, very. Kettering, you know, <clears throat> clubs that are not quite strong these days. But it's so difficult to get yourself, you know, with only one place as well. You really had to get on a run, a bit like Maidstone did on the year they, you know, uh, they went up yeah. when John Steele took them up, you know, to get yourself, yeah. you know, out of it.
2: No, listen, that 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 league was was tough. I mean, look, we we were never ever threatening the top of it. Um, we, we was always we was, we was down the bottom end Having a scrap all the time um, But we had a go And as I say Look we had our special moments As, as I said in 82 um, But it, it was tough And like I said Some of the places You've, you've just mentioned there You know They, they were superstars then these, players then I know we'll always compare But <clears throat> the players then Were probably More than good enough To play football league But generally With their football money And, and generally A lot of them had decent jobs it was more beneficial for him to stay part-time, but it, it brought the standard of that league up incredibly high. Um, and as I say, look, it's a fifth division as far as I'm concerned um, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I think that was the beginning of it. Although part-time, it led to this um, terrific, you know, national league, which is which we which we've got now. Which listen, in 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 the world, how many, how many countries in the world have five? You know, proper divisions and, you know, and, and, and the size of us and we still cope with it and, and then you've got Scottish Leagues and Welsh and, and Irish on top of that as well so you know we, 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 we do sustain it I know there's problems with money in football but uh, if we took that away it'd be, it'd be a real big loss I think to football
1: Comfortably, yeah So then 1990, 1990 1991 um, cash being splashed everywhere Roger Willis Dave Howell the late Kevin Durham Paul yeah. Richardson and, and uh, Tony Lynch. Uh, then again in January, Nicky coming back for twenty five thousand, Kenny Lowe for forty, Mark Carter for forty. Um, you know those sorts of prices and tags for non-league players. You you just don't see these days. You know from one club to another. At, uh, you know at that level, um, were you were you sort of surprised at how much money players were coming for?
2: That was OK, because I only went for 12 and a half grand, so that's really good wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, yes and no, but it, it had changed. Obviously, standard had come in, um, and, and, and there was obviously a, a, an influx of money. And and you could see from the quality of players that, that come to buy it. And that, um, I, I think we all realised that in football, money, money talks, and, and yeah. we at the time were the club that were probably playing as good as, as anybody else Um so you do attract better players. As much as they want to come play for the club, I totally understand it, but, but money would make a big, big difference for a lot of them guys. And, you know, thank God it did because I think the players that Baz brought in, um, we just gelled. And and as I say, we kicked on that year. Uh, we were very unlucky the first year, uh, losing out to Darlington, I think it yep. was, was it, by not, not very many points. And I just sort of joined that season. And then, um, obviously, coming into the next one where we... We we started off fantastic, and you know we just had a roll, and we had a small blip, and that, and then it got very very tight at the end, as we all know. Um, what a team! And and you know, I I do look back, and I, and I look at that side, and if if you know, I'm sure we we'll go into it in a minute, but I'm sure if we'd have stayed together, that, that side could have uh, really kicked on a league or two. Yeah,
1: quite agree. Um, Obviously, as well, though, on the on the on the side of those players coming in, um, Andy Clark went to Wimbledon for 350000 Just which is great when Barry spotted him playing Sunday League football, didn't he? Yes, he did. Well, he was, he was actually playing, I think he was
2: playing for a hotel side that they played at the... Yeah. I think he might have played a game at, at Barnet in some... You know, we used to hire yeah. it out to every man and his dog, didn't he, just to get a game on it. And um, I, I think he'd watched him playing for that uh, hotel side and that's where, where Best picked him up and, uh, as you say, cool.
1: He weren't bad, was he? No, no, he didn't do too bad in the end. Um, and obviously, Paul Harding and Dave Regis as well went to October. Did you sort of feel it was a bit of book balancing against what Stan had laid out for, you know, those other players?
2: Possibly, or I don't know, really dealing. Um, that is something I don't think we'll ever find out. I mean, I'm still owed a load of few quid, boy. I don't suppose that'll ever come to, uh, <laughs> to light again. Um, you know, there, there was loads of figures bandied about whether they were Strictly true or not, I don't know. But yeah. look, we we were, we were a side that people did come and watch. Definitely a lot of scouts because the way we tried to play and and the ability that the players that we had at the place, you know, could, could show. Um, and, and as I say, I think I think every week there would be minimum five, six, usually up to ten football league scouts watching us. And as I say, I, I, you know, the players that that Baz had look we were never, ever, ever the greatest defensive side in the world because that ain't the way you can do things. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was kept busy most of the time. But, um, but as I say, he did have a smashing eye for talent and I, and I spoke to him recently about it and that he could pick up some little gems and, and, yeah. and sell them on for big money. And that's how football clubs run, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's changed slightly now with with the transfer windows, etc. I, I think that's ruined, especially lower league football. Mm. Um. But as I say, at that particular time, the wheeling dealing that them two were able to do was uh, probably second to none.
1: Yeah, well, quite quite comfortably. Um, you yeah. know, a, a few other things to pick out from that season. One I picked out from Reckless's blog, having read through the uh, the review of the season, and that you played every game that season, every league game at least, did didn't miss a game. Um, and as you said. You know, if you look through the score lines, you were guaranteed goals every game in abundance mm. the whole way through. You know, there wasn't one period where there wasn't threes, fours, fives going in. You know, every week. Um, and I think as well, despite losing those players, losing Andy, Paul, and Dave, nothing detracted from the team. No.
2: You no, know, there was a no, no, there wasn't. I mean, there was a there was a common denominator there. I mean, there was, there was obviously the characters. Eddie Steen was there, so Eddie was part of that glue. Uh, Barry Fry. You know, I'd like to think myself to a certain extent as well. Obviously, God coming back uh, helped as well. Um, you know, Paul Wilson. But look, look we had we had a, a crux of people there. Wayne Turner when he was there before yeah. as well with the coaching side. So look, you know, it was it was a kind of an ethos that you you, you bought into, and 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 the people that Baz bought in, they they didn't you know sort of click very very quickly. Baz weren't afraid to get rid of them again either. So it um, just it just kind of worked. And as I say, the 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 style that we tried to play um, was, was attractive, I think, to most of people. As I say, you're always going to get goals. We're always going to have gold mouth incidents, whichever in that might be. Uh, sometimes it was fun, sometimes not so much. And uh, <laughs> We had a nil-nil. I think Stan used to come in and sack us all, didn't he? Yeah, Cause, uh, we had <laughs> yeah not, score, not but... just Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been a number of times. My legs are going to go and I've oh, had all sorts of things. I had phone calls in the middle of the night. But yeah, this it was... Uh, <laughs> It was, it was a roller coaster. It was, put it okay. that way.
1: Um, mm. And I mean, the other thing as well, the size of the crowds all through the season as well. Um, you know, to, to see those sorts of crowds at the hive once we restart again, um, you know, when that's full, it, it rocks. Nothing like Underhill because you're just so compact, you know, in Underhill. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at, at no stage are you playing in front of, of small crowds, but then if people appreciate good football, want to watch good football, they'll come and see you.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's definitely the case. I mean, look, you know, the, the crowds rose immeasurably from, from before, but I think it was the style of football and, and the atmosphere that that, that uh, Underhill and Barnett created. Um, it, it was it was a kind of a one-off and it was always a little bit of a, you know, the mill will go, uh, everybody hates us, we don't care, you know, nobody likes us. And I think we had a kind of little bit like that as well, you know, uh, crappy little Underhill, yeah. sloping yeah. pitch, you know, Big heads from from the south London, or just not from the south London, but from the south yeah. Londoners. Uh, loads of money, horrible chairman, horrible manager, horrible this, horrible that. Mm. So you had you had a kind of you know um, sort of siege mentality, and yeah, and and the, the supporters bought into that. I think a wee bit as well. And as I say, I think the, the football had sort of attracted them. The the there was always around the television as well. You always used to see little stories about Barnett in before yeah. I returned. Obviously stand and, and things like that, so it become a little bit of a um, not a comic book, but it was like an interest, somebody wanted to go an interest and, and and probably people like yourself who come along see a game and suddenly wow this is this is me, I want to yeah. be part of this and 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 that's that that's what seemed to happen, and the hard call that we had you know stuck through us by through thick and thin as as I found out you know a year or two later after we are talking about, but it was um the crowds were fantastic. I to see, you know, four, four, four and a half thousand yeah. in at underhill is, is, is quite oh, special. Yeah. Especially the four and a half thousand we had against Burnley when they were hanging off the rafters, and there was, <laughs> it, it was at least eight and a half in there. But <laughs> <laughs> officially, officially four and a half—that—that that, that didn't help. But That's um, fans' figures, in it. Yeah, but I have to say it was it, when when it was full, and you know they got behind you and They were non-stop singing the West Bank, and you know some of the things they come out with were fantastic. And uh, it was it was it was it was special and as I say it was ours and and when I say it's ours you know us as, as, as supporters and players you, you love the place sounds <laughs> sounds you know the old badge kissing that you see now when you're thinking, oh yeah right But I, I don't know why it just it just sort
1: of crept into your bones here and uh, and you did become part of it. That's what made me come back, you know, from that year, as I said, when I first started watching in, you know, two years later and that, it was just that that just draws you in and then mm. it keeps you there and it keeps you coming back. And then you start to meet people and you start to know people and then all of a sudden you're part of everything, you know, that goes on. Um, you exactly.
2: Know, like that. exactly. It's uh, like, you know, again, I, I wrote down some things early on. I'm, I'm looking, you know, the tea ladies and, and everybody and the bar staff and, you know, my, my cousin, uh, Lena used to come to to games and and they got stuck into it and then, who uh, was Kevin Durham's uh, partner at the time. Um, they started coming to games after after Kevin's untimely death, which was a shame. But they used to come to games and their friend Joyce and then uh, her husband uh, Brian used to work in the bar and you know so everybody become ingrained in it and and we used to, as I say, they travelled home and away just kind of watch all the games. Um, and it was it was great, you know, as I say, them, them girls, they, they watched loads and loads of games all around the country and stuck as good friends, you know, because of it, out of a, a bit of tragedy with Kevin, which, you know, was a massive blow to us at the time after what we'd achieved. And, uh, God, you know, even missing nowadays, it was, um, you know, that that was a stunning blow to the guys. But it was also a spur to us as well. So, uh, you know, we wanted to do things for Kev uh, after that. But And, and that, that, again, I think brought supporters and players closer together after that.
1: And then obviously to Fisher, one of the smallest stadiums to have graced, I think the you know the top level of, uh, of, yeah. of um, non-league. I
2: wouldn't say Grace. I'm not sure it's Grace. Anything? Well, there. maybe not. <laughs> though. I mean, I think
1: I went. I went a few years later when we played played in the Trophy, and beat five 0 I think it was. Um, that's quite a few years. Quite a few years after. That. And of course, obviously, that you know they don't play there there. But obviously, that's to see one of the biggest prizes on 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 offer that day. What was going through your mind when you woke up that morning? You know, Fisher Fisher way, tiny little club. Realistically, Barnet should do it. Uh,
2: yeah, you're right. But um, strangely enough, <clears throat> when I look back at that game, it's probably one of the most nervous games I've I've played in. And and I, as an experienced player at the time, should have known better. But I I, I struggled that day. And yeah. two of the goals I conceded, I look back and go, oh, I should have done better there. But it was it was very 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 nervous day. Although we knew better, than the pitch was was awful. Yeah. Um, you know there was there was everything gangsters and also we'd heard the little rumours that, that uh, Colchester, if if Fisher were to beat us, they would have give him a few quid to the players and stuff like that. Right, going to yeah. get all these things. So there was an extra incentive for for Fisher. Uh, I knew one or two of their players as well, and you know so there was also Paul Bastock who has gone on. The, he was in gold Mercury, at the time. Paul Bastock, yeah. oh, terrific guy. Um, Played thousands of games, did yeah. And uh, you know, but there was um, there was a nervousness about us. Um, and yet, when I look back at the goals, the goal Gary Ball scored. Oh my God, what an so what lovely absolute world yeah. goal! And yeah. so we always had that in us. We, we, we weren't great that day. It was, as I say, all the elements, but were, were poor against us. The crowd were fantastic. They were nervous as well. I'm, I'm sure they were. Yeah. Um, as, as 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 we were to a certain extent. And it was a strange one. I remember the game. But I remember it going so quickly, and yet I, I don't think I enjoyed it. I have to say, I really don't think I enjoyed it. And then um, when the whistle blew, it was it was a very very strange. You know, we're all jumping about, and I don't think we really knew how to how to celebrate. It was yeah. uh, it was very very strange. And then oh, I'll never forget anything. stuff we 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 got paid in cash that that day, and my um, money was in my my pocket. All these people, I went there, somebody nicked all my money my pocket no. out of the change room. Yeah, I think, it, but there was so many reporters in there and all sort of that. And, and as it happens, the lads were great. They had a little whip round on the coach on the way back, <laughs> <laughs> which was really good of them. So, so that's the strange thing that I remember about that. And then um, obviously in the evening, we went to, I think it was a Terry down um, in uh, around the back of the ground and, and had a dinner and that. And uh, then I think we let our air down and, yeah. and it began to, to sink in. Exactly what was happening, and uh, we had a thoroughly, thoroughly nice evening with our partners and uh, and and everyone involved. And uh, yeah, that was good. I think I had a smashing hangover the next day. I remember I can, that. Yeah, one. I can well
1: imagine. I can well imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously for you though, it was back to the football league that you'd come from. Um, mm. But for the lot of guys, it was new territory for the for the first time as well. So was there sort of I don't know, maybe a bit of apprehension over the summer of not sure what to expect? Um, no, I don't think so. I
2: I, I want to say, I don't want to call us arrogant uh, as, a, as a group, but we had that self-confidence, I think, yeah. as a team. And, and you know what Baz is like. Baz, he yeah. will it, beat you up to anybody. Um, so, and like I said, I, I don't want it to sound bordering on arrogance, but we just knew we were good enough to, to compete at our levels. Um, the players we had there, like I said, a, there was still a lot of experience. A lot of us had played league football anyway. So, yeah. you know, the reason, I again, I'd come back there was that vision of getting back into the football league. <coughs> so, I was lucky enough to do so. As I say, I think it was um, a self-confidence that we knew we could compete with it. And obviously, the first game of the season, which I'm sure you're going to bring up, um, yeah, swap, put, a, put a big, big <laughs> dent into that. Um which, yeah, so we were brought back down to earth very, very quickly. Although, I have to say, if you've if probably watched the game again and looked for chances for chances, it could have probably been 7 all anyway. Um, you know, it was a proper Barnet opening game of the season. Beautiful sunshine, fantastic fun, fanfare and oh, weird this, we're that. And, and then we went 1-0 up and that was it. We're going to absolutely walk all over these. And then uh, people like Craig Egnett, who weren't a bad player, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, they put us to the sword and uh, give us a little bit of a, a black eye, really, uh, and, and a kick out the backside to say, hang on, you you lot ain't as good as you think you are. Yeah, but it was it was short lived. Um, you know, we had rows that that next couple of days, and I got dropped for the for the next game against Brentford, which was a five all League Cup yep. game, I think it was. Right, um, yeah. yep. Then got back into the side, and we played. I think it was Mansfield away, where we got our first victory of the season. Uh, I think it was a two one victory. Um, by this time, he brought Andy Pape into the club, which, you know, another top, top non league goalkeeper who's played many games. And um, I'd had an injury, to be fair, uh, when I was at Brentford. I'd, I'd ripped the, the, uh, the adapter off, off, off the bone and uh, never quite healed properly. So, you know, um, it gave me the opportunity and Baz to let me have this operation, uh, which I did. Um, but what it did mean is that Andy kept his place a lot longer than. I'd like to, to yeah. have done uh, yeah. and he played a lot of games that season into the playoff you know I got my chance I played a few but not as many as I'd liked uh, but I at least i would got my groin sorted and I was I was as fit as I'd been for for a long while and uh, I did go on loan to um, the enemy round the corner for a short spell uh, at uh, Southbury Road I know I can't I'm yeah. not going to tell you yeah. and uh, I did get a little stick and I'm sure um Reckless, I'll tell you that story. Yeah, yeah he loves <laughs> a story about uh, when I got a bit of stick off one of them. They told me how uh, crap I was, and I went, "Well, that's why I'm playing here." Um, but yeah, that was that was an interesting season for me because it was a, it was very bitty. Um, but as I say, as a club, we got to the playoffs that first year. so as I say, not 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 the arrogance, but. Yeah. The, the self-confidence yeah. that we knew we, we could compete at that levels, and, and, and I think we proved that uh, on a regular basis
1: and going back to that self-confidence obviously when teams first won promotion out of the conference and, and went up they generally did quite well I think because they were an unknown sort of you know uh, entity mm. so I, you know I would, I would probably say a lot of that self-confidence would be from seeing what the other teams have done and knowing how well you've done yourself you could just go and replicate what they've done as well I also think
2: if you if you win something like if you win a league, you you have got that little, little roll-on factor as well because you yeah. you won something and, and if you're a prof- professional, which which we are, and, and you listen, you, you you play professional football because a you're good enough, at least. But you have to have an ab- absolute attitude and, and mental you know strength, and you have to have the confidence. But you, you, if you don't really want it badly enough, you won't do it. But the guys that we all had add that burning desire to, to, to improve themselves. Now, look, we all play football and we love it, but you, you play for money because it's your job and you want to improve and everybody wants to go and play at the highest level you possibly can play. So, if you're playing in a side that's successful, you're bound to get noticed more. Um, and as I say, once you get into that habit of winning, it's a great habit to have and it's very difficult when the uh, defeats come your way. You, you, you know, you find a mark to get... Get by, so it's, it's the attitude I'd rather have is a winning mentality than a losing one, and uh, you know that's how it turned over the years from when I first started to yeah. how I finished up there. The, the difference in, um, as I say, the attitude
1: of, of the players and the professionalism.
2: Yeah.
1: And then, uh, so going back to those first two games, <laughs> seven four defeat and a five all. Did you mm. think what on earth is going on this season, and what else is it going to throw up? Am I going to be really busy compared to what you know years before? <laughs>
2: Well, as I say, look, you know, it was a stumbling one for me, but yeah, it was, it was, it was an eye opener. And uh, you know, again, um, there's some top, top players that were playing. As I say, you the teams that we played against. If you, if you look back over the records, a lot of them went and played at the top division. Yeah. Um, so again, it, look, the first, as I say, the first few days we had, we had massive rails on that Monday when we I, knew I was getting dropped and a few of the other lads weren't playing. We were fighting with bears and calling him this, that, and the other, and he calling us this, that, and the other, and and then, but listen, that, that was a Barnett way. It was the Barry Fry way. Um, but listen, he never held a grudge with you. And you know, week, week later, we're cuddling anyway, when we beat Mansfield, I think it was. So, you know, it was, it's just the way it is. And it, it was a very unique way of doing things at the club. Uh, very unique manager, very unique coaching. It was, if that's what you would call it, but yeah. we've done what we've yeah. done. We achieved what we achieved because I think more than anything else, I have never known a better ba- bunch of lads
1: who, who fought together and stuck together like that? Not did. <coughs> and then um, when you looked at that season again, there were goals coming from everywhere on the pitch. Though you know, weren't just relying on on Gary Ball, Mark Carter, Nicky Evans yeah. coming all around. Were you always confident that you'd win a game because you'd think a goal will pop up from from somewhere? Yeah, yeah, obviously, and, and you know, and, and when you're playing well
2: as a goalkeeper, I don't think anybody's going to beat me. I, I had that. You know, that was just sort of attitude we had. I, I, I wanted them to have shots, I wanted to do so, I want to make saves, and you know, I want our defenders to make tackles. They they want to make tackles and eddies, but as soon as we got the ball into the last third, we looked dangerous as hell. You know, there was, yeah. there was you know, your, the players, and we had your showers and your, your Kenny Lowe's, and my god, Willis, we had some Willis, yeah. top top players, and you know, we scored some absolutely stunning goals, proper football goals as well at times, but. You know, we could score from outside the box. We could score headers. We could score inside it, you know, free kicks, corners. There was there was nothing, and and, and I have to tell you, Trevor, a lot of it was off the cuff. I mean, we didn't really, you know, nowadays. Obviously, I'm involved at Palace, and we have analysts, and we can, we can yeah. we can sit down yeah. and we can work out how teams play against you, and uh, and and how we can break them down and 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 set pieces, what we might be able to achieve, and. Which, which thirds of the pitch we're going to play our best in and what we're going to do this and that and the other. And it's all written down and it's all on technology and it looks fantastic. With Baz, picking 11, we didn't really... We'd done five-a-sides on a Friday. We didn't really... We'd done the odd set-piece and odd corner, if they want to do it. But it was pretty much off the cuff. It was, go out there. If we can score more than them, we'll get a chance here. you know. And, and that, that was the attitude we had. But we had... It, you know, there was no team framework as, as such, and you know that's that's not a bad thing. It just worked for us. We didn't have to keep you know uh, working on a back four and and uh, any other movements. We knew what we were doing. Yeah. That's not to say we yeah. didn't. We we'd done the odd thing, but it wasn't a specific. There uh, we would worry about the opposition. We we didn't even know we were playing half the time, and that sounds really again a wee bit arrogant. Whereas nowadays, I could I could I could pop up on a computer and work about. Who we're playing against at 23 level, and know exactly who we're playing, how they play. We have we have clips from two or three games before. Yeah. We we never done that. We 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 knew. Just say we were playing away at I don't know Cardiff. Yes, yeah. so, so you yeah. went down and you played Cardiff. You know we we had an idea what they'd been doing the couple of weeks before, but not the, maybe their system we might know, but it wasn't something that we worried about or or specifically said we must target this, we must target that because you didn't have the technology to do it and gain that, that, that self confidence that we had as a team. We just wanted to go out and play the way we wanted to play and not worry about the
1: opposition. Uh, David Mikado's brought up a, a point on uh, on the comments and I, I I remember this at one point, I'm not sure if it was this season, but was that the season Don Howe came in to help coach the defence? Yeah, that's
2: correct. Yeah, Don coming in a couple of times. Yeah. Um and that were again, what a what a stunning thing that was. I mean, what a you know fantastic for us just to Work with a man like that, um, and he did. We and we did. We did do the rope one where he tied the ropes around the back four, and you know worked you really? off, off the rope. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was you know just. It was very basic and simple, but it, it was it was fantastic. But that was probably one of the only time it 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 came in on a I say number of occasions. It it wasn't over a great deal of time, yeah. but but it was the only structure that we'd actually worked on as a as a back four. Um, and again, look, you know that gave us that little edge again. We just learned something slightly different. Uh, from from a master, and, and yeah. you know, from the best back four that ever were at uh, at the Gooners, yeah. being a Gooner myself, that was a. Um, but you know, yeah, as I say, it, it was it was little things like that, and Baz was able to get hold of these people, and 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 uh, we could tap into their knowledge and, and learn them the extra little bits, <laughs> which again, any anything that you can get, any little, you know, any little inch it you can get on somebody else, uh, and we and we could use it. We took it.
1: And then. Um... Obviously, you made the playoffs in the first year. Didn't quite, didn't quite make it. Um, I'll put on here. There's purely a personal fact I've picked out here, and I'm sure it was that season was the one team to give you trouble that season was Maystone United.
2: <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> Over the years, I've I've got, I remember playing obviously in the in the conference and everything have that but. Always, always a horrible site to play against. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, Baz went there for a little while, but we used to play, mm-hmm, yeah. and when it was down at Maidstone, you played with a running track round oh, it. Yeah, yeah. And long then long they road, moved yeah. to Dartford, Dartford, I think, yeah. was it what for, for say, a small yeah. spell? I played against them yeah. uh, for, for Reading there as well. And, oh, God, I used to hate playing Maidstone. I don't know why, but, yeah. Yeah, well, again, it just maybe was, uh, that, that was the Barnet bogey side for them. And back in the conference days, was always... Um, Oh, what's it, we said it earlier about uh, one of the sides from Manchester, Runcorn, Barrow. No, no, not the other one. Uh, no, oh, I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah, like, Where Paul Showler come from? Alderman. They're the one. Alderman. God, they were the ones we could not. We couldn't beat them for fun. We just just couldn't. You know, even in that, even in the the Championship year, they beat us up there quite comfortably, if I remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So. Alternum and, and Maidstone were, were two of the
1: bogey teams, but yeah. Uh, well, I remember that one because I was just watching Street to watch the game. So Maidstone took the lead in the in the first minute through uh, Darren Davis, and Mark Carter got an equaliser. But um, Barnett didn't play well that night. Thought they were they were lucky that night to get a point, and then in the return game, Maidstone were ahead through Lillis and Painter, and then Carter and Shallow got the win for a three-two in the end. But um, I wasn't wasn't an underhill for it, but I remember that Mason had to make them work hard for that um, yeah. for that win, um, you know, on that day. And then course of course yeah, they disappeared. Was, of that. Yeah, it's, again, and you know that, that's my
2: worry about this thing that's happening at the moment. I'm 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 a bit worried that there's uh, one or two other clubs that might end up the same way, which will be a real shame. But. Um, you know, as you say, there was a lot of non-league clubs that went into the Football League and won and, yeah. and held their own. Um, and then, unfortunately, have disappeared in the meantime, which is a
1: really sad thing. Um, and obviously, not quite enough for the, you know, to get through the playoffs. Do you think that was a, maybe a case of a bit of naivety in the Football League games? You could go out and score four, five, six, whereas being it's two-legged, you've got to keep it a bit tighter and Blackpool just had that little bit of an edge?
2: Um I, I think looking back, I mean I, I remember commentating on the on the because I was sat so in the stand for for both of them. Um I think they were better than us. I know we had our little chances, but but over the two legs they were they were better organised than us, I think, um, defensively and a bit more dogged and, and, and that that word we talk about professionalism, they probably yeah. just showed a little bit more than we did at that time. But again, it was a good learning curve because as I say, we come away from that. Um, you know that was that was a tough year, uh, but a great, as I say, great one to learn from, and and I think that stood us in good stead for the for the following season, really.
1: Yeah, and then and then going on to that one, um, obviously still goals in abundance, but there weren't so many four fives and sixes. Um, do you think there was a bit more of a tactical learnt approach to it? Um,
2: yes, a little bit. Yes, I, I think that was something that. As I say, we, we took away from that and learnt a wee bit more. Um, even Steenie, who uh, just said we just had to shoot from anywhere, he, he, he got into his head that we might have to be a little bit more uh, organised, I think is, is, is the word, and a bit more patient at times as well. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, that year, that, that extra experience as well that we got we gained from that and, and with the addition of some of the players that we brought in, I just think gives us that little bit of an edge on top of the other ones, and again, look, it, it, it wasn't a cakewalk. You know, it went sort of down to the wire. But mm. I just felt we, we, as a team, were a little bit better organised and a lot more patient in, in the results. We were happy with a one-nil at times. Yeah. If we could get one, Um not that we had many, but we was uh, <laughs> we was happy to do that. And clean sheets, as as a back four, back five, and, and defensively as a team, were becoming a bit more important rather than as I say, smashing in threes and fours. We were quite happy to keep a clean sheet and that became
1: as important as a, as a win sometimes. And then obviously that was at the whole point when the whole Barry and Stan thing really came to a head that season. Um, when was it sort of clear that, you know, Barry had had enough and he was going to walk and it was going to be for good this time?
2: <sighs> well, we'd, we'd obviously, you know, we have witnessed some of the things that went on. Um, you know, the, the little sort of, the shouting matches, that the, the firings uh, that we again we were all part of, and you know you know be fair to Baz, he he, he he put his money where his mouth is at the football club as well in the past, yeah. and and the the opportunity, you know, was always in the background that that Southend and other football clubs were looking at him because of what he'd achieved, and you know fair play, him. If, if that opportunity come up and you, and and you were living every week, you know, rows arguments, you know. Um, I know Stan used to have his opinion on who should be playing and who shouldn't. Um, and, st- and obviously Baz is a strong character, but yeah. it could possibly wear you down after a spell. And, um, you know, Baz had the opportunity to go to a, a higher club at the time and, and you know, fair play to him. I, I, I definitely, definitely don't, you know, hold any grudges on him doing that. Uh, and, and it was for, it was for Baz's benefit, not not for ours. And, and quite rightly, he took it. He'd got a family and... Um, Sorry, my dog is driving me oh my my here, <laughs> And um, so look, he, he made the right decisions for himself, and I, I think at the time was probably the right one for him. Um, obviously, Eddie stayed, and, and myself and David Owls as the senior pros sort of try to help out as much as we possibly can. And I, I, I'd say we didn't limp over the line, but we uh, we, we, we we got over it. Just about. As I say, it was thoroughly um, really deserved, I think. Um, but it was, it, it was a strange end to the season with Baz not being part of it, I have to say.
1: I can imagine, yeah. Um, and obviously, as I, as I spoke to you before, we you know went live. And that, obviously, that was the first year I, I went. Um, mm. My first game was Scarborough. Sand pit of a pitch at Underhill <laughs> it was. Um, Tony Sorrell, Brian Steen, Paul Schauler. Um, was the goal I think it was Eddie's first game in charge as well
2: yeah could have been yeah I think yeah yeah, Um, that was the first time
1: yeah that was the first time I went so that that hooked me in Um, that was what uh, 20 something years ago now Um, you know I've been going um, 30, 30
2: years ago now I mean that's 31 year, uh, 30 years next year that we got promoted well, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah close on yeah, close 30, 30 years, years. Yeah, about
1: 27 years for me then I think it is something like mm. that um, Scunthorpe away I think was when promotion was secured
2: and we got beat that day as well yeah, if I remember yeah. I think yeah, it was 2-1 two two, uh, was it 2-0 was it okay
1: um, thanks
2: uh, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah that again strange one because very nervous because we knew obviously if the results went our way we were going up Um yeah. We played poorly that day. I, I do remember us playing poorly, but obviously, when the final whistle went and then we were told that we uh, we made it, it was again quite an eerie feeling. It was uh, we obviously we were uh, celebrating with the supporters and, came, but we were a million miles away from home, weren't we? So it's a it's a strange one to enjoy. But again, not having Baz there and that was was a bit of a a bit of a downer. Um, but the lads, obviously, we, we you know we still tried to make him part of it. Um, you know, as I say, we rung him up. I'm sure the guys, Eddie was on the phone on the way home and he was congratulating us and we tried to, you know, as I say, give him as as, as much of it, of uh, yeah. the benefit of it as, as us because it was really down to him that, that, that we achieved what we did. Um, so, as I say, it was it was, it was a, another strange one again. Although getting promoted is a fantastic thing. It's, uh, yeah. it's fr- yeah, yeah. How, how do you react to it sometimes? It's it's quite strange. And after getting beat as well, which is a pro, you don't yeah. like, you don't like getting beat. Um and to go up getting beat was, was, was quite a strange thing. But uh, again, a couple of sherbets were out on the coach yeah. on the way back.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, right, uh, and then to that summer, um, I felt like a jinx because obviously one year before Mason had gone under. So that was no team for me. <laughs> and then t- 12 months later, I'm sitting here um, and um, you know, Barnett are up before the Football League. Likely to disappear. And I'm thinking, Christ, this could be a short-lived team to follow you know and start looking mm. for someone else um, and obviously we survived you know very skin of the teeth mm. um, how hard was it that summer to watch that team break up and how did the club survive?
2: The club survived really from people were like Steve Percy in the supports club um, you know and then obviously Ricky George and uh, uh, Steve Stephen Glynn yeah, Stephen Glynn. Sorry, Stephen. But, um, but you know, we the driving forces of it. Um, and, you know, their pleas fell on, on welcoming ears, luckily enough, with the Football League because we were very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as a team, it was devastating because, as I said to you earlier, and I honestly believe this, I think if we'd have stayed together with a few additions, um, you know, and, and the right manager in time, uh, I think, I, I believe we could have possibly gone up to the Championship. I know that sounds... You know, we'll never know. But uh, oh, I just yeah. believe. I just believe we could have done. Um, but to lose all in players for absolutely nothing mm. was was I, I Again, I, I just had another operation on my elbow that, that yeah. summer, and I was I was in a sling when it was all kicking off. And then, I, 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 strange thing was, I went into the ground one day, for no particular reason. I was. Uh, we we would all all owed some money, of course, as well. Um, Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shock. Um and I'd I'd, I'd literally ripped my house apart. I was gonna do all this decorating and get it all done and we were we were sat there with an open fireplace and no money to do anything. Yeah, so I've got that some was questions uh, on your
1: fireplace
2: later as well. Yeah. Oh no God he would do that. <laughs> but um so you know that 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 was going on. Uh, I drove into the ground one day, again, um Ricky was there and, and obviously uh a few of the other people, Gordon Ogborn, I think, was about as well, the Kit Man and 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 literally was it was almost I turned up, Ricky was there, a few other people, and and it almost sort of fell in my lap. Well, look, you're here. How do you fancy being a manager, basically? And that it, it was almost as, as as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and I went, okay. <laughs> I did really. I've got nothing idea. else to do at the moment, you know. So. Uh, it's, again, could be the shortest lived management appointment yeah. ever because we, we might be out of business. But look, you know, we sort of sat through it, we got through uh, what went on at, at Nottingham Forest, and I'm still hoping all the players are going to stay. You know, I've, I've spoken to them all and said, look, you know, we yeah. could go through this because Eddie had gone at the time with Bass to Southend and David Howes had gone yeah. as well. Um, so, look, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, look, the lads to be fine, we'll get paid. they'd all have good offers. Obviously, Baz had been into a lot of them, quite rightly so. And, you know, they were offered deals elsewhere. elsewhere. And my very first job was at Millwall, um, was where the Football League meeting took place. And I think it was the chairman of Lincoln at the time, which I'm not sure he was a great lover of Barnet. But um, he decided that every single player, me included, were entitled to a free transfer because we'd not been paid for a number of months. Um, So that meeting where we're all at Millwall Football Club, was the last time that we'd all sort of been together as a, as a team. Uh, And, you know, a majority of them, two thirds of them um, or more left that building and never come back to the football club. Um, So I, so again, I'd been put in this position of, of uh, manager. uh, And I think I was left with, there was myself, Paul Wilson, Andy Pape, um, God stayed, um, obviously Nicky, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tim, the people like that. And you know, we'd, we'd lost you know, we'd lost some we'd lost some great, great players, you know. Yeah, um I know Mark Carpus, uh, Mark Carter stayed, uh, yeah, Jeff Cooper. And uh, yeah, Dave Barney. So there you go. So that so it was about eight of us, something like nine of us. Yeah. But again, Tim hadn't played a lot of games. Uh, two goalkeepers, I'm injured. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so there's sort of six players that we, we, we're left with. In, in Carl Odell, of course. The oh, late yeah, great. Um, yeah, and, you know, I'm looking at that and thinking, God, what do we do here? And now, you know, time was moving on and we I think we were four weeks from the beginning of the season and we had six, seven players. Nowhere to train, nowhere to do anything. Yeah. So we're, we're a million miles behind. So it was on the phone with Ricky, um, Roger Thompson come in.
1: yes, and then know, I got yeah.
2: Terry Bullivant, who come in as a coach. I played with Terry at Brentford, um, yeah. and you know we were really just like, let's rack our brains: who can we find? Who's on the list that hasn't been signed by anybody? Because uh, obviously the retain list and and free transfer list had already gone out, and most that of the loves, yeah. the better yeah. players, and that's no disrespect to any of them, were were already picked up. So where do we go? So yeah. the phone was ringing. Yeah. We was tapping everybody up that we could possibly find who had two legs and can <laughs> kick the ball yeah. in a reasonable direction. Um, Brian Marwood, uh, I've been in touch with Brian. Brian was chairman of the PFA at the time definitely. and needed to keep playing to, to keep that role. So, right. Brian was br- brilliant with me. I said, look, you know, come and use us as much as, as anything. So, he used us on a part-time thing and he was great, professional. And he, he he was very good, you know, give us some numbers and stuff as well. Obviously, the great people that come in, Mark Newson is a very good friend of mine who I still yeah. work with, <clears throat> Alan Walker, fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, uh, and obviously Tony Lynch was around, um, Paul Wilson, as I say, stayed on. And then bunch of lads, listen, and, and, and Spike, uh, fantastic, Jeff Cooper. Great lads, we were, br- you know, best, they were so dedicated to what we wanted to do. You know, and We hadn't, still have not been paid yet, by the way. So, it was, all, uh, it, was all, it was all a really, really quite strange thing. No pre-season training. We were trying to get a few games and we played at Dunsport Town and got beat. And we played, I think it was in uh, Walton and Ershman or something like that. Or uh, Windsor and Eater. I don't even know where it was. We, we, yeah, we played just to get some, some games of football and, and just sort of get 11 bodies out there that we can play a game of football at the beginning of the season. No, um, so you had, So it was very, very, very strange.
1: Time. You had Hampton away, Lincoln City Hampton, away, London Colney away, but yeah. Stafford <laughs> Rangers, Sawbridge Town, Barton Rovers, and Densforth. There you go. Yeah. And
2: they were literally last minute.
1: Yeah. You know, please, yeah. can
2: we play that's you? Two
1: weeks worth.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I literally, I think in four weeks we played them six games, and yeah. just just to try and get some games on the belt because all these guys had not been attached. Said they they were you know very unfit and look. Uh, it was it was a disaster. There's, there's there's no two ways. You cannot play at that level, no. League one with yeah. with the side we had, and the, you know. And as, as much as I, I would love to have been successful, I knew from the start with this this was a mission impossible to to to, to, to get on. But but I know it's a massive but. The lads that we had, they give everything that we they they had, and you know they were terrific lads. They worked as hard as they possibly could. And we were, and I looked at. I think it was fourteen games that season where we lost or drew in the last two or three minutes of games, and it was yeah, purely fitness, is, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, the, the the margins. I know it sounds crazy now, but then margins. If we'd have just, if we'd have just crept over the line with one or two of them, I might have been a decent manager, and we're uh, still working. And, and that team might have survived in that league, and it might have all been a bit different. But look, it, you know, that's the way it works, and. Um, I, I learned a lot, I, I mean, I would have done things so much differently now Now what I know, but it was um, a fantastic experience, um, a humbling experience, and also a not very enjoyable experience at times, um, with what goes with it, the, the, the press and, and, and the pressures on your family and, you know, phone calls at silly mm-hmm. times of night from people wanting to beat a bit of you. Um, and look, like I said we lost ten on the spin, you know, that was, that was tough, but know, looking back hard. on them all, yeah, I know. But even the whole game, the first game of the season, I thought yeah. we played terrific. You know, yeah. We just yeah. didn't, you know, we just yeah. ran out of steam. That, but that was more than yeah. anything. We ran out of steam. Yeah. And and you cannot do any level of professional sport if you're not prepared and, and prepared physically before you do it. You're going to struggle. And you know, we picked up injuries and we picked up all sorts of broken legs. Unfortunately, with Gary Smith a bit later on. And yeah, uh, you know, there was there was everything that could go against you. Sort of did go against yeah. you. Uh, yeah. But that's. Uh, you know, you can't blame anybody. It's just the way it is. Um but what I do take away from that is that the supporters that stuck with us were absolutely unbelievable. I mean, we were getting hammered, you know, I remember up at Port Vale, we got them down to ten men. We thought we'd got a chance, we still got beat six. <laughs> and uh, you know, they were, they were singing and dancing and, and I'm thinking, they oh, this is like nuts. We we we're not look very good and you're doing that. Um yeah. but but I yeah. I think what they saw and I and I think what I believe is that we knew we weren't good enough, yeah. but I don't believe that at any stage, bar one or two, that the lads didn't give everything they had. Um, and 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 I think that sort of endeared people to them. Um, again, like I said, there was there was one or two games where we, we were we were rank awful, and um, you know the attitude at times. But look, you know, looking back on that, that that's my fault to a, to, a, to a certain extent the way I perhaps prepared them and stuff like that. But I have to say, when, when you stuck a shirt on them, there was, you know, they, they gave them blood, literally, a lot of them. Um, and they'd done the, best, the very best they possibly could. And I think we entertained at times as well. We were, we were trying to do things the right way. Um, you know, and as I say, that, that culminated in, in, in my last game, which was obviously away at Chelsea, um, in charge. Yeah, so, you know, a great experience. It was one I would love to have, you know, done better at and, and loved to have achieved. And, I, I, you know, at the time, I, I thought management was, was the way I wanted to go. But uh, it, it, put, you know, it knocked me. It did knock me a little bit. I, I, yeah, I'd done a little bit of non-league after that. But the um, yeah. coaching route coaching is, is as close as I'm going to get to it now, I think.
1: I think as well, though, you know, being <clears throat> thrown straight in the you know deep end like that, you know, there was you couldn't go any way but up. Um, you know, but as you said, being so tight to the start of the season, um, you know, and, and no disrespect to maybe the likes of, Sean Close, Kelly Harg, yeah. they weren't really League One standards. You had no, no, no. Like your Mark Newsons your Alan Walkers, and your Dave Barney. That if you'd have had a full pre-season as three of your back four, perfect. You know Brian Marwood's delivery into the box was just. You know, I mean that first yeah. game against Hull. You know the the, um, the sort of quality. You know of balls he was putting in. You just think you got someone on. You know on the end of that. You know you'd make a huge great difference, but.
2: Oh, it's, yes. class. it's a classic player.
1: Classy but the player. most important thing, though, was that the club survived.
2: Yes, yeah, it was. But again, uh, you know, that's um, um that's a sort of byproduct of it, in here because you still want to do the best you possibly can as a player. And, you know, as I say, but, but it, it was a unique situation and one that probably had never happened at any other place. Um, and again, we had fantastic support behind us great for me as manager i could pick myself every week which was yeah. brilliant. um <laughs> well, thought, that, that, I was, was I that was, was the one perk of the job you know yeah. uh, but um no as, as as a club it was it was very strange because it was also you know all this sort of infighting. who wanted to take over who wanted to do this and as i say listen i, I was very much in ricky george's corner he was he was yeah. great to me and he's you know he's he stayed a friend ever since and um you know i, I would have loved to have developed the football club with with Ricky I think he saw what barn it was um, but obviously that wasn't to be and um, when David Bookler and that took over yeah. you know I, I knew there was going to be changes and obviously when, when Ray Clements came in um, that was a sort of nailing my coffin in, in, in respect of the management side etc. So it, it, was, it was a completely different football club then it wasn't it wasn't the Barnet that we knew. It was turning into a football club, which yeah. again, listen, nothing wrong in that at all. It was, you know, if you're going to be a professional football club, you have to be run professionally, and uh, and this, this was something that was was new to us uh, with a new regime, people that we'd not been involved with before. Um, so that was that was that was testing for me. Uh, you know, it was it was a bit of a struggle, I have to say. But as I say, look, you know, the club survived and. Moved onwards and upwards from there, so as you say, that is probably the most important thing at the end of it,
1: yeah. And obviously, the cups that year were an absolute godsend, weren't they? South End, you know, you're up against Bazza and you knock him out, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and
2: then... I'll let him know, don't worry, don't worry. Still <laughs> <laughs> <wouldn't mind. laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and then obviously, we drew QPR, you know, Premier League, then Trevor Sinclair, Les yeah. Ferdinand, Darren. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Mr. Wilkins
2: as well, who was yeah, play manager yeah, at
1: the time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, bless bless Ray Wilkins. Um Tony Lynch's goal that night, best goal of the oh. night out of the three. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um and uh, and then obviously away to Loftus Road. I can remember I went. Um I went into school the following morning with a sore throat because we spent the whole ninety minutes singing, despite the fact we were getting hammered 4 0 and played off the park. But I yeah, think, no. that you know, that sort of season though, it's a, it's a sort of one that draws the club supporters together, um, you know, and you, you appreciate every tiny little bit. Hopefully what this pandemic does to a lot of people that they'll go and support their local club, they'll, you know, have an extra beer, they'll have an extra burger, mm. literally because it's something that could have disappeared for you.
2: I hope so, I mean yeah, I, you talk about Loftus Road away, I mean, this was how tight things were, We we were... We had a pre-match meal, which, again, uh, for a London game, we would generally yeah. so just you know, go there to, straight to the game. But we thought, well, no, it's this game. We've got a chance here. So we went for a pre-match meal in a hotel uh, near West London. And uh, at the end of it, they asked for the money. <laughs> we were in the club? No, nobody paid for it. So we ended up um, giving Ricky a call. And, Ricky, we're in trouble here. We can't get out of the hotel until we pay for this pre-match meal. which was only like, you know, beans and toast or something like that. So that was how tight it was and how important we needed to go and play the game. So Ricky had to come and uh, play the bill for us before we could leave the hotel even. Um, so, but again, you know, there was a little bit of money coming from the from the, 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 the two games, which obviously yeah. helped, um, which, you know, sustained us for a little while, I guess. Um, but as I say, it was, it was a great memory. And I'll still will never forget, it was pouring down with rain and really wet the second leg. and. Uh, I'm watching Ray Wilkins play in Copa Mondial's with rubbers on, like we're still moulded. You know, we're, we're slipping around, and he's—I he, don't think he even got a speck of dirt on his shorts. I mean, no, it was, 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 I, I was quite—I was quite pleased losing to him. That was great, and uh, it was, um, that was—that was an experience. And as I say, they were, they were very good towards us. Um, and, and as I say, look, you know, we had some—we had some—we had some massive upset year in respect of some of the games we played in. Uh, lots of lows, but. I still take away
1: that year of the support that we got was um, will, will live with me for a long, long time. And then obviously Chelsea in the FA Cup after knocking Crawley out with Cole's mm. goal, um, yeah. you know, Zeek's overhead kick, and the wall, you know, falling <laughs> over behind the goal. Um, I mean that that game going back to the Crawley one. Um, obviously, because every game was at home for us was all ticket. Mm. You know, I used to have to get my ticket after the game I previously been to get the next one because journeying up to Underhill from Kent every time, when yeah. you're only like Good say, idea. 2021, you can't drive to get there. Well, I couldn't no. do at the time. Um, and that Crawley game, because obviously we had such small allocation, I couldn't get a ticket in there. But I had a friend who uh, worked and lived in the Crawley area, got me a ticket in the home end. So I was in the <laughs> home end. You know, and obviously, you know, Zig's goal went in and then, you know, you get that sublime strike from, you know, from Carl and the, you know, Clive, Clive Tilsey, quote, hodl by name, hodl by nature. And you're sitting there with your, you're standing with your hands in your pockets, not being able to, you know, cheer a bloody thing. I've done
2: it for you, don't worry. No.
1: <laughs> um, and then obviously, that, that gave us the trip to Chelsea. Well, sorry, Chelsea should have come to Underhill. Yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously, we had the afternoon afternoon over there. Um I would say probably the biggest moment or the greatest moment of a Barnet managing career? Um,
2: yes and no. Um, obviously, it was a massively proud achievement to uh, to, to lead the team out at Chelsea. Um, and, and again, look, you know, I keep looking at Kelly Arg's big toe and uh, mm. what, what is, buts, and maybes. Um, but look, you know, I, I, I've seen the game a couple of times and. We hung on, to be fair. I mean, they were, they were very good. You know, they're a good side. That's some great players. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, you know, we, we I think we I think we held our own to a certain extent. We, we, we yeah. didn't give up and we had one or two chances at just maybe, just maybe. But that, that one right at the end now. And, and I looked at it. It was actually some really good footballs, you know, passing through the midfield, down the side. good First time, ball in the middle. And just that little toe. Um which would have made him a massive hero and, and we'd have all been fine. Um, the only thing for me, obviously after the game, um, Ray Clements was um, sort of appointed uh, manager straight after the game. Carl Odell and Glenn, especially Glenn was great with me that day. Um, I went and had a drink with him afterwards. Uh, but I wasn't in the press conference. This was the one thing like I said, I was so chuffed with the lads' performance. But in the press conference, I was rarely asked about the the, the team or the players, it was all about right. Glenn coming in mm-hmm. and and, and I, I just found that a little bit disappointing from maybe the club point of view as well, because I think, you know, I, I, I felt that the players should have, you know, shone in that little bit of light that day and it just st- sticks me a little bit. that They didn't, I don't think, got the, the, the plaudits that they should have got and the, Club because look again, listen, you're talking about Ray Clemens, one of the greatest goalkeepers who ever graced England and you know, superstar, played for the best two teams, you know. I say best two teams, I'm a gooner, so I did not even say that about the other. Well, playoffs, yeah, um, well yeah, whatever <laughs> that is. And, uh, but um yeah, but obviously playing for Liverpool and England and you know, and, and, and I totally get that. I just just felt at that particular day yeah. was it the right time to have announced that uh because that's what it became. And, and as I say, I just felt a little bit sorry for the. the I, I couldn't even get in the ballroom. That's it. They wouldn't even let me in the ballroom afterwards. That was because <laughs> was, I wasn't manager anymore. So um, it was a, a, a strange one with Mr. Bates and stuff. But um, obviously, after that, then you know, Clem come in and and and, and took over because as he's one Although I kept the title as manager, I, I, I was never, I was never manager after that. Um, you know, he was he was very respectful with me, and you know. Sort kept of me in the loop, of stuff. But I was, uh, I was certainly not part of um, picking teams and stuff like that anymore. But uh, you know, I was still playing. So there was, you know, there's a little bit of regret in the way I think it happened. Yeah. But as I say, you know, in the club's history, it's a, probably the biggest game the club's ever played in. Um, you know, at the time, and 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 to put on a performance like that and coming that close to making an upset was, uh, was yeah, it was a bit special.
1: And I think as well with the replay, um, obviously we were at Stamford Bridge again. Um, the first half an hour, um, it was still nil nil, and yeah. that the, their fans were just starting to get on their backs then. And I can't remember for the life of me which Chelsea player was at score. It was about thirty yards out, I think, wasn't it? One I don't remember that one. Don't remember there. that. One. Um, but <laughs> it they were literally just starting to turn on them, and I was just sitting there thinking few more minutes and you know they'll really start really start getting on their backs
2: um, well no because after that they got on my back so don't worry about that so <laughs> after the goal they were on my back then so uh, they god they came me from start to finish but they were they were actually they were really good to be fair uh, yeah. but yeah they, i i i took a bit that day i have to say <laughs> but,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah um and then like you say you mentioned about ray coming in um Obviously, when you look at a lot of, you know, through Free, Free Barnett's managerial history, they have a lot of top names in the game have come in. Alan Mullery, Laurie Sanchez, mm. Mark McGee, Tony Cotty, Edgar Davids, you know, there's obviously a little something that attracts them to a club that's not, you know, we've never been a big club. Um, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it, it um, you know, it attracts them, which is, you know, it's good. Yeah, it does, but... And again, not, not disrespecting any of them because they've all had,
2: you know, been top players and top, top managers at all sorts of clubs. I don't think any of them have really, you know, Clem to a certain extent done really, yeah. really quite well. But, but I think when you name all the others, they haven't really no, they set the world light. Like. Now, I, I put that down to they don't understand Barnett. And, and I, I don't mean that in a really arrogant way. I just don't think they understood what that football club is about—it's it, a certain way. So you—you know—you you can't pick players from or not somebody from a top league and, and, and throw them in there. It, it's not built for that. It's built for someone that that's sometimes played at them levels, understands what what the supporters are about, um, and and just, look, it, it is a one-off and it is a strange place in in a lot of ways. But I don't think over the years the the, the big names that you've thrown out there have really. Bought into that. Now that's not their fault because look, if you if you're going to be if you're offered a job as a manager, you're taking it. I mean, every club now, if they, you know, the, an appointment comes up, there'll be hundreds of people that apply for that particular job. So, I understand it. And then, and if a name comes to you that that's a big big name and you think that that can enhance your football club, you're going to take them. Of course you are. You know, it's it's going to cost you, but you, you you're going to take them. And if if they if they bring you on the way that you expect them to, yeah then fantastic. But I just think we're a unique, I say, look, I'm still saying we, we're a unique football club in the respect yeah. that, yeah, well, I know. But you, you, you have to have a certain way about you. Obviously, look, you know, you pull fair clubs, you come in and done unbelievably well because Paul understood what them levels and what yeah. the people were about. You're Ian Hendon, who you you spoke to the other week and never mentioned me. Thanks Yeah. But listen, you know, he understood it and he understood to people and he was he was part of it. He was an icon there and, and you know, they understood what the club. John still played at them they understood what, what the club was about and now Darren who's oh I think he's done a terrific job. You know, but the the ones in between when you when you're trying to get them names in there Bless them, but I'm not sure they're doing it for for the club. They're, they're kind of perhaps doing it for themselves. Okay, nothing wrong in that, but but I think you have to have an understanding of what that football club is, yeah. and if you have got that little yeah. bit of love for it and little bit of care for it, do believe that you can. You know, you get more out of people, all players, and you get that support behind you because they see what you're trying to do, and I think they believe in what you're trying to do. Yeah, I
1: agree with that. Um, obviously, after Ray arrived, there was a few names. Obviously, uh, as you know, appeared in the starting lineup. Paul Haylock, experienced pro, mm. um, Terry
2: Gibson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I actually bought. I bought Paul Haylock in actually, but Paul came in when I was there. So yeah. Um, again, I don't think Pud's was at his, uh, his his peak fitness when no. he came into no, us, exactly. <laughs> but he was a, he was a great another great lad, good friend of Alan Walker's and that as well. Uh, obviously, Givo come in uh, with with Clem um, again, great. You know, great right, player. Like but, and, and it, well. Yeah, and, and to be fair, Gibbo bought into it. You know, he was he's a, he's a top, top fellow, and he's gone on and done really well for himself with the Spanish yes, he football. Is, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but he, he originally took over the youth team as well. I think that was his yeah, remit yeah. when he first came in. Yeah. Um, so look, you know, he was a terrific addition to the place, and there was some great names coming. And listen, you know, goalkeepers you've had over the years have been fantastic. Oh, and yeah. Mikey Taylor, what you know, what okay, a keeper uh, to bring uh, in. Harrison. You know, I lost my place to to uh, Paul Newell, he, he was a good yep, keeper, but obviously yeah. when Mike came in, and I was leaving, you have to think to yourself ain't a bad replacement that one. So, um, uh, you know, and over over the years, have been some some top top keepers there. Lee Harrison, obviously, yeah, you know, and uh, right yeah, Stacky who's, who's at Watford doing a terrific job now. Um, you know, that we've been very lucky, I think, over there and there's been some very, very good players come through. I was looking at some of the players that I played with and, and we looked at um some of the names and God there was uh Martin Chivers when I first went there was, yeah. was a player. Right. He yeah. came in and played. And yeah. we had Liam Daish on loan. Um and and David Moyes come on loan as well. He was there for a from, from Cambridge United, yeah, played with Noisy. and then we used to have um, a, a big Watford connection. Ian Bolton played for us. Alan Garner, who was at Luton as well, and uh, Big George Riley. You know, all these players. And Mark Lawrence, when I wasn't there, but Mark yeah. obviously come and played. And yeah. so we've always attracted. You know, the, there's always yeah. that little thing about it, and um, yeah. it's a bit of a mystery as well. I think they look at the chairman, look at this, look at Barry Fry, and all these people. So there's always been a. Um, a little bit of a connection with a place, and yeah. uh, I don't know, it's just
1: as I say, it gets into your bones, and, and, and you and you want to you be part of it, yeah. I mean, I picked out another three as well that came <clears> from that <throat> year. You obviously have Russell Edwards, who had you know, a good young pedigree, yeah, pallet, yeah, Brady yeah, Goldby. and yeah, then good lastly, player. Huh? good player, he was, yeah, good left foot, he had, uh, and then lastly, obviously, Danny Dickio. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Danny Diccio and, Dickio and
2: uh, Dougie Freeman, yeah. Uh, yeah, Doug we're, we're, season off, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, Dougie, yeah, well, I won't say because he's my boss at Palace, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll gloss over that well. <laughs> uh, he's he's a he's, uh, director of football there. Um, but yeah, Danny Dickio yeah, what a strange... He was a very, very strange fella. I mean, obviously he went off and became a DJ and all he sorts of things, didn't yeah, he, but he, had, he? Yeah, he had a spell with Sunderland. Yeah.
1: didn't he? Then he uh, went off to Sampdoria, that bit of a yeah you know I wouldn't have put that
2: down he he was a very very strange one again another one used to float in float out and uh, never seen much but uh, now he's he's a top coach in I think the MLS I think he's one of the Canadian sides so it's just yeah yeah. but uh, some ability um, again but but, you know landed up at Barney very very strange strange one but uh, obviously Clem had had a a lot of connections and Say so that was that was part of the reason that we, we got some of these players into the club,
1: I guess. And then obviously, we had the rebuild in the summer, and uh, a few of the names you already picked out Paul Mule, um, uh, Dougie Friedman, Lee Hodges, mm. Mark Cooper, Jerry McMahon. Yeah, Coops, I still see. Yeah, I still see Mark Cooper. He only lives up the road, so I see Coops quite yeah. regularly. Good lad. Um, you know, and um, you know, picking out from that season some games, you know, Rochdale at home, 6 2. You know, Dougie clocked four in the net, mm. woke in four four in the FA Cup. Oh,
2: don't
1: yeah, yeah, that that, go- yeah. That game was um, yeah, but that was something else watching that game. That because that, that was a, that was just after Dougie been called up to the under twenty ones, wasn't it? Right, what? yeah,
2: I think so. Yeah, turned yeah. In his
1: worst performance of the season. Yeah, yeah.
2: and, and Mr. Game. Clive Walker gave us a lesson that day. Yeah. I remember.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, and uh, Clive. He'd had a few little tussles over the years when he was at Fulham and places like that. So yeah, he's a.
1: That was a, a player. Player, wasn't oh. he? Oh, terrific. Well. Um, and um, uh, obviously, that season, though, the big game was Manchester City. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> get to that one because. Really? In, yeah, oh, in, in those, well, in, in those days, because obviously I couldn't drive, it was about a couple of years before I could drive. Um, so I had to catch a train up. So that was a year they were clipping train strikes, didn't they, on a night. <laughs> right.
2: so
1: I was stuck listening at home to it on the, um, on, on, on the radio, because obviously Five Live, you know, had it on that day.
2: Yeah. And um,
1: yeah. you know, obviously, we're sitting there, we just settled down, me and my mate, I was, I was round his house at the time, staying there, so I think it was a half term, it was. And um, we sort of just sat down, got ready, you know, and then Doug is walked through, bang, we're one nil up already. And we're like, but it's 37 seconds, uh, seconds, wasn't it, something like that? seconds, yeah. 28 yeah. seconds. Um, Unbelievable. And uh, obviously, you know, the Players City had that night out as well. Beagree, Quinn, Steve McMahon, you know, good, good, good. Well, it wasn't, yeah, just Premier League then, wasn't it? Just about, yeah. yeah it was,
2: yeah. Tony Cotan in goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, uh, Keith Curl, I think was, oh, did Keith Curl miss that one? I'm not sure if he played in that one or, or the second, I'm not sure. But uh, they had a hell of a side out. And my yeah. God, you know, Walsh up, up front as well with, uh, with uh, Uwe Rossler, I think it was. Um, yes. That's how it started off. Uh, yeah, that was uh, my 33rd birthday that day as well. I remember oh, that, really Tuesday really the 20th. Really and, um, yeah, so it was, uh, f- for me, that probably stands out as, as a goalkeeper, purely as a goalkeeper. That was probably my my greatest night uh, playing uh, against top, top opposition and, and keeping a clean sheet. And... Uh, Listen, weren't just me, there's, there's ten guys in front of me who were throwing yeah. their bodies in the way and doing everything they possibly can. But it, it it was a satisfying evening, I have to say, that you know, being a birthday, being a special day and knowing that probably things were coming to an end for me at the place as well. That was uh it was yeah, it was a it was a special night and I thoroughly enjoyed it, as I say, and um I was lucky enough to win man of match was nice. I've got a lovely red Coca-Cola jacket. Um, but it was it was good, and uh, walking off afterwards, Tony and came over to me. I know Tony long, long time, and uh, he was very gracious towards me. And you know, well, me and, and Brian Horton, their manager at the time, was uh, a player down at Brighton when I was down there as a kid. And again, very gracious and, and, and brilliant to me. And uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a special evening that one. I have to say That's, that 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 one I will keep with me because, as I say, from a personal point of view, I thoroughly enjoyed making some of them saves that night. And uh, you know, listen, I did get applauded, so I, I accept that, and uh, I'm not going to give them back. But it was a team performance as well. It was, you know, terrific first goal. And we <laughs> talk about it, hold on, but we did, and we did it. Uh, you know, we did it in a special manner. But as I say, there was there was there was weren't, weren't just me, but uh, I have to say, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that
1: evening. Okay. Just going back slightly, someone's asked, how mad did Ray get half time during that Woking game?
2: Oh dear God! Um, let's just say the the um, the away game when we lost one yeah. nil, where a certain goalkeeper probably didn't cover himself in glory from the cross, which they scored from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just say the sandwiches didn't uh, didn't last long on the table when we got in and the teacups. It was a yeah, it was. Um, he, he could lose it. Yeah. <laughs> he, could, he had his moments, um, and and that that one kind of sticks out in my mind when we when we lost at Woking. But uh, I think over the two legs, we'd have to say they were better than us. Okay. Um, on that particular thing, um, and probably deserved to beat us in the first leg. If it wasn't for, sadly, one of their supporters taking ill, half time gives us a little bit extra time to sort of compose ourselves. Um, we done there, but uh, yeah, there was a yeah, there was a few uh, few expletives uh, flung at us. Put it that way.